Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community Radio Show, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're in mid-April and uh, we are all working remotely due to the COVID pandemic. And so this is the first interview that we're doing using Zoom. So it might sound a little bit different uh, than the other interviews, but uh, stick with us and, and you'll get the same great information. I've said many times before that education is so important at Ellen Becker Investment Group, and that's why we do this show, so people can be educated about the resources that are available in our community. When you prioritize the accumulation of knowledge, you can make the best possible decision with the best possible outcome being the result. Martin Luther King Jr. said the true goal of education is intelligence plus character. According to MLK, intelligence, which is defined as the ability to acquire and apply knowledge, is not enough in and of itself. You need to add that character piece to the equation. So how do you build character? Well, one way is through life experiences. On today's show, we're going to talk about building character through education and life experiences, specifically with those that identify with disabilities. My first guest today is Ashley Kammer, Children's Programming Coordinator from Balance, Inc., which is a Milwaukee nonprofit organization that's providing a number of different types of educational opportunities for both adults and children who identify with either a physical or a cognitive disability. Welcome to the show today, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, we are really glad excited you're here. To be here. <laughs> we're, we're excited to hear all about uh, Balance Inc. Um, if you uh, tell us a little bit about um, your role and how did Balance begin as an organization and evolve into what it is today? Yeah, well, so my role is working um, with the children's program, which is fairly new, and I'm really excited to kind of get into that. But I think first, it would probably be best to just kind of start with what Balance is and kind of what our like what our heart is, what, why we do what we do. We love to hear that. Passion yes. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> I was brought to balance just because of the love of working with, well, just working with people in general, but the love of working with people who have some sort of barrier in their life. You know, I'm just really passionate about how to help them realize their worthiness and their purpose. Um, I, you know, have a personal experience with just growing up with a brother um, on the autism spectrum. And so just have seen as a, you know, personal, you know, having that being a part of my life, seeing his struggles and just the, the struggles or more difficulties there might be on the family. And so, you know, just that passion has kind of been instilled in me just from a kid, just from having him as my brother. And um, yeah, that's the connection piece, right? That's, yes. that's why that's where the passion comes in because you're connecting on a personal level. Yes, most definitely. So actually, um, I've, you know, I've been working um, with adults and with children with disabilities for a large portion of my life. But actually, just this past summer, I was introduced to Balance in um, Grafton, and it's an amazing organization. You had said that uh, the organization started in 1991. Yes. So it's been um, around for a little while. It has been around for a little while. So the um, adult piece of the organization um, started in 1991. 
a couple by the name of Craig and Sandy Modal, they were working in more of like an institutionalized setting with their own personal experience of being in that field and working in that they just really saw the need for better programming to you know give their participants and the people in their lives a better quality of life so really the balance kind of has like a a grassroots sort of startup in that way of just really seeing a need and answering that through the heart and that was specifically with adults yes correct that's how it got started so yep. Did you see the success of the adult program then and want to replicate that for children or why was the children's program started? Yes, that was started in 1991. Um, I think our children's program then kind of came into the picture in 2005 is when we really started working with children with the county and realizing that obviously a person who has a disability their process doesn't just start in adulthood, right? Like their, their um, process of just being an individual starts in childhood. So I think it was really like hearing the needs that were expressed through families who were supporting adults um, in our adult programs and just the adults themselves, even sharing some gaps maybe they didn't receive when they were children, things that they would have liked to have been able to do or you know just ways that they could have been better supported to feel more strong and independent um, as adults and so really I think a lot of those ideas helped form and inform the the beginning of the children's program and there's two uh, you had mentioned that there's a there's a special summer recreation program which is for the kids ages 5 to 15 and then a social skills program, which was piloted in 2019, which is ages five to 17, correct? Correct, okay. yes. So in 2005 is when our organization was approached by the Ozaki County, because they really liked what we were doing with our adults. So that's, so actually it kind of started by a question through the county. They had asked us um, if we could help them replicate what we're doing with the adults for the children. And so that first program um, that you mentioned, the summer recreation program, that's what began in 2005. And that started with just us serving between 20 and 25 kids. It really started actually kind of out of using just like uh, high school space, doing kind of like circle group activities, socializing in, in those in those aspects, but it's it's grown over the years to now where we're able to go to various places throughout, not just Ozaki County, but Milwaukee. You know, we go to water parks and we go swimming. We go to different museums. We and we're always looking at creating more partnerships and, and branching out. We have a new place that we go to be able to give these kids different experiences and just get out in their communities and get connected. Okay. Well, give us some examples here on how the programs impacted participants uh, and or families. Yes. I think between the summer recreation program, which is kind of what I was just explaining, and our social skills program, we've seen huge growth um, just in some of our kids specifically who are able to participate in both programs. For example, we had one of our kiddos was just 
really struggling to feel comfortable in an environment that, you know, he was never in before. And so even just over the course of a couple of months, just seeing him open up and start speaking to um, the children around him, start asking questions or being more sociable, you know, that's even just given parents just such like such a big hope that, you know, um, okay, they're feeling safe. Here's a safe place for them to grow. And it's just been awesome to, to witness that and oh, to, yeah. Yeah, to be a part of it. Yes. To be a part of it. Most definitely. Yeah. So it seems like it's a safe place to, to grow in a supportive environment, um, not just for the kids, but for the families too. Right. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Well, we talk about collaboration and how important it is, um, when you're trying to provide the best possible solution and encouragement to your clients, your membership base, the people that you serve, right? That includes not only other nonprofits, but also community partnerships and volunteers. We're going to learn more about how balance works with others when we return. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Ashley Kammerer, Children's Programming Coordinator from Balance, Inc. Just a reminder that we're coming to you today from our studio in Pewaukee via a Zoom call. Uh, given the current COVID pandemic, we are all working remotely. We're being uh, responsible in that regard, and so we are doing this on a Zoom call, so it may sound a little bit different. Um, but we're still bringing you the great information as we have always done. Many nonprofits say that they couldn't sustain themselves and do what they do without the help of community partners and volunteers. So Ashley, help us understand then how does Balance Inc. sustain themselves? Uh, well, first of all, we have a really great working relationship with the uh, Ozaki County Department of Human Services. Um, they've been able to provide funding for our summer recreation program. And in working with them, uh, we've been able to start and pilot the social skills program, which started in 2019. The, the goal of our social skills program is to give kind of uh, children and families connection to us during the school year, whereas the summer program is just during the summer. So the um, social skills program, we're really working to help them stay connected to their community, but also to just give them um, opportunities to just grow as, as people. And, and so, then do the, you had talked before about, um, or we were saying how important volunteers are. So you have volunteers from the high school, and because the social skills program goes two hours every week, do you have the high school students stepping out of their normal programming and helping out, or do you have teachers that help out at the social skills program? So for our social skills program, we have high school volunteers that come, um, and some some of the high school volunteers that volunteer at our summer recreation program also come and help for our social skills program. Okay. Um, but what's been really amazing to see is some of the kids that have gone through our summer recreation program as participants and have aged out. So they're, that means that they're over the age of 15, but yet they still want to stay connected to balance in some way. They, they've been able to come back and volunteer their time and work with our children's program. So they have graduated and are now kind of coming back to um, really give back and also it helps them to continue to grow, you know, in their, 
in their uh, job skills and just in their own like personal skills in a safe environment that they've grown that they've grown in. So it's really come full circle. Do you have, uh, I'm thinking about your example when you said that you have a brother that's on the autism spectrum. I would imagine if you have some high school kids that are in that same situation that can uh, lend uh, some expertise because they, they are familiar with it, uh, that that would be helpful on both sides for the volunteer and for the, the, uh, the student that's participating, yes? Yes, yes. So it almost provides a mentorship piece and then um, I guess kind of a twofold mentorship piece, one where they can be mentored by, you know, the, the staff and then where they're kind of funneling their knowledge and their, you know, their life stories down through the children that we're able to serve um, as well. And then community partnerships, those are also vital to the success of your program, right? Yes. Um, what are some of the organizations that you partner with? Um, yeah, as you said, they're so important to what we can do. Um, we bring in a new community partner once a week. Um, so some of the people we've worked with are gathering on the green. They've been able to provide musicians to come in and do music therapy with us, been working with local artists. They come in do various art projects. So we're really able to work with independent artists in the community as well as, you know, smaller art galleries. We've, uh, the kids have really done really well with different animal encounters that have come in. Anything that's hands-on, um, like the Schlitz Audubon Center and Canine Ministries has been able to come in with some of their um, emotional support dogs. So just really, um, yeah, those partnerships are just, you know, vital to everything that, that we do. Um, and, and then, then one of the sciences, you have River Edge Nature Center and Sunflower Ministries, which is a global partnership. Yes. So for our sciences, yep, we do. We work with the River Edge Nature Center and our um, the Sunflower Ministries, our global partnership is something um, something that we're in the middle of developing. They're out of Uganda. And so we're working with, um, we're working to get our kids uh, connected with kids who are in similar life scenarios um, just across the, across, across the globe. So trying That's to- wonderful. Yeah, just trying to build relationships in not only in our community, but kind of everywhere. So that's yeah. something newer that we're working on. That's fascinating. You know, yes. I imagine that that um, being able to reach across the globe and, and interact or interface with uh, someone in that shares similar situations is very, uh, very good for, for the kids. Yeah. Um, you also, in, in terms of arts, you work with an organization called Pink Umbrella, which is a theater organization. And we're actually going to uh, be talking with Katie Cummings from, from uh, Pink Umbrella in our next section, uh, next session. But what are some of your future goals for your kids' program specifically? Um, so one of the biggest things that we're looking for, um, and that I guess like our biggest goal is is to just expand our community partnerships. So, you know, while we just explained um, or just listed, you know, a handful of people that we work with, we would love to be able to just get connected in in more places throughout the community, not necessarily just Ozaki County, throughout Milwaukee. Um, really, I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity for anyone who is, um, who has a passion, really. It's just about bringing, bringing other people with their passions, whatever it is, you know, if you have a passion for woodworking or a passion for, um, you can, you know, even if you have a passion for insects, really anything, just like 
just it's just a a great place to to have people share what their passions are and really just building community in that way and that's really what we're looking for okay um, and i think it's important that people know too that you're outside of ozaki county so you take uh field trips i guess for lack of a better word you're talking about some of these places that you go so you go to other places and then you also have partners that come in to you correct correct in the okay. summer we get yeah in the summer we go out kind of all uh, every day and then during the school year we like to have partners come in since our time frame is so much more limited just to the two hours okay. um, and then again before before we go I just want to spend a little bit more time on the the children's program specifically so balance Inc just so people understand is an organization that does provide both adult and children interaction and yep. you specifically, Ashley, are working with the children's program. And the two children's programs are the summer recreation program, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, for kids ages five to 15. And then the social skills program, which just started in 2019, and that's for kids ages five to 17. So the, the obviously the summer recreation program goes through the summer. That's the one that is, is that one the one that just goes Monday through Friday, or you have Tuesdays and, and Thursdays on that one? So, yep, the summer recreation program is Monday through Friday, and then the um, social skills program is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay. depending on which age group they fall in. Yep. Okay, so I just want to make sure that we all understand the differences between the two. And then if people are interested in reaching out, again, we talked about collaboration and how important that is. So if people want to reach out either through uh, volunteering, you're mm -hmm. looking for high school students, correct? We're looking for high school students. Um, we're looking for, um, well, any, any, anyone who is um, interested in um, giving their time and just working with working with people who are just full of so much life and um, we're just we're just, yeah just looking for anyone whether it's high school kids whether it's someone who's retired um, whether it's you know someone who just has a passion for working with people with disabilities um, or even someone who isn't quite sure what they're passionate about yet uh, you know there's definitely somewhere to be plugged into <laughs> sure that's 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 good that's important to remember because there are people out there that say I have a passion for children or I have a passion for working with uh, children who have disabilities, either cognitive or physical, but I'm not sure what I want to do. So they can reach out to you and just say, I have time. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a passion for this. Where do you need me to plug in? And you can help them with that, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So then how would people get a hold of you or Balance Inc.? What's the best way for them to make a connection? Um, the two easiest ways is to go to our Facebook page, which is going to be Balance Inc. Um, on Facebook. You can just look that up. Um, otherwise, you can feel free to call us at 262-268-6811. Um, okay. Yeah. Ashley, thank you for joining us today and sharing your passion uh, working with kids and how Balance Inc. is providing uh, services to adults and kids. Uh, that identify with a disability. So thank you for joining us today, Ashley, and sharing your passion and you. letting the uh, audience know how Balance Inc. is providing education and services to the disability community. Thank you. Thank you.
There was a study done in 2018 in the UK that concluded that there's a positive relationship between one's involvement in the theater arts and emotional intelligence. But how about emotional intelligence in the disability community? How is being involved in theater helpful for those that identify with a disability? We'll be right back to talk about that further. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I want to mention again that we're coming to you via a Zoom recording. Given the current uh, pandemic, we are being socially responsible and doing our recordings remotely. So it may sound a little bit different in today's interview, but we're still bringing you the great, uh, same great information. In the last uh, session, I mentioned that there was a study done in the UK in 2018 that confirmed the positive relationship between one's involvement in the theater arts and emotional intelligence. My next guest is going to talk about that relationship as it relates to individuals who identify with a disability. Katie Cummings is the executive director of Pink Umbrella, a local theater group that connects the love of the arts, specifically theater, and personal development for a wonderful group of adults from the disability community. So thanks for being with us today, Katie. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, So I understand you have a bit of experience teaching and training in that theater space, and you are very fulfilled doing that. So why did you feel a need to start a nonprofit like Pink Umbrella? Sure. So I've been teaching theater for over 20 years uh, of my life. And um, my most recent job um, was being the academy director at a local children's theater in Milwaukee. And in 2012, we started a program uh, for high school students on the autism spectrum. And those two weeks were transformative. We very quickly uh, took those two weeks and we um, created programming that went through the school year. And we wound up taking uh, children of all ages with a variety of diagnosis. Uh, and, and then in April of 2018, kind of this perfect storm happened um, that changed the trajectory of my career. So uh, I had parents of students who had uh, aged out of the program at the theater that I was working for. And I also attended a conference called the Big Umbrella Festival at the Lincoln Center in New York. There, uh, I was engaged in this brand new land of what they are calling sensory immersive theater. It's theater that is done in small batches and uh, there are like eight participants with their caregivers or they call them carers across the pond Uh, and the actors engage in sensory activities with the participants throughout the course of the play and it's just one of these like beautiful things that um, as I sat there I, I thought to myself Milwaukee should have a place should have a place like this and should have theater like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at that same conference, um, I was sitting at a table with a, uh, a gentleman from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, who informed me that there is a theater company in his town, Scottsdale. Um, it's called Detour Theater. I've, I've been able to be there twice now to see their shows. They have 65 adults in their ensemble with uh, developmental differences. And they just produced Rent and Newsies this past June. Oh, very good. Um, I haven't seen either of those, but they're on my list. (laughs) You should. They're fabulous. I bet they Uh, are. And so, you know, adults from, uh, uh, adults, 
kind of across the nation um, have an opportunity, adults with disabilities have an opportunity to act, um, but not here in the city. So, uh, so that combined with parents asking me what's next, you know, for my kid, um, who's now 18, their diagnosis doesn't go away, um, but the program that we were running stopped, you know, uh, it's a children's theater, not an adult theater. Um, I decided to leave a job that I thought was going to be my forever place and start the Pink Umbrella Theater Company. Uh, so in September of 2018, we opened our doors and, uh, and we've been going ever since. And it's just, it's just a delightful um, place to work and be and, and create. I bet. Well, what's the significance of the name? Oh, sure. <laughs> We're all dying to know. Tell us, tell us. Sure. So, uh, so as I mentioned, that conference that I attended out in New York, the big umbrella festival really, uh, really changed, um, how I view theater, uh, and, and how we teach theater and how to create accessible theater. So I, I grabbed that name umbrella from that festival and then pink came, um, out of uh, the need to honor our students. So one student who, uh, who really kind of um, leapt right into my heart, she didn't even worm her way in there. She just kind of leapt into my heart in that very first year that we were all together. Um, her name is Emily. And she, uh, she, she had, she had autism and she used to wear, uh, hair bows in her hair and she had hair bows for every occasion. So if it, and so if it was, uh, St. Patrick's day, her hair bows were green. If it was Halloween, she had, you know, um, uh, orange and black, uh, but her favorite color was pink and, uh, and she wore that most of all, but Emily used to come into the building and she literally skipped down the hall to class. Uh, but before she went to the classes, she would stop in the office and she would say to us, this is the only place where I can be me. Aww. And, and those moments, um, really change you as, as a human being, right? Like For when you're sure. teaching theater, you don't really think about the fact that you're providing a, a, a place for people to be me. Um, we lost Emily four years ago. She had complications with her medicine. Um, she had epilepsy in addition to her autism, and she passed away from a grand mal seizure uh, four mm. years ago. So pink is actually for her. Um, what but a great also, way to honor her memory. Yeah. And nice. also just as a representative of all the students who come into our place where they, are, they feel safe to be me. So, uh, so every day, every time I utter that phrase, the pink umbrella theater, um, I know, and our, and our teachers know that we are honoring all students who are different, uh, in some way, shape or form. We're uh, all different, right? We all have our, yeah, have our, uh, strengths and weaknesses. So exactly, exactly. That's what makes the world wonderful because there's so much diversity, right? Totally. Um, and we're bringing our best selves, you know, to, to the room, um, and we're coming, we're coming as complete human beings and whole human beings uh, to, just, to just be me. Yeah. Well, explain then what is the mission specifically of Pink Umbrella Theater? Sure. So we wanted to provide a, a place uh, where anybody who identifies with a physical, intellectual, or emotional uh, disability could experience theater, either by participating or becoming an audience member. Um, so our... 
are three three kind of pillars, which we're still building, we're relatively young, um, is to provide classes, to provide um, professional theater shows for actors to be in, and then uh, also to provide the sensory immersive theater uh, that I mentioned before, where, where uh, young people and people with complex disabilities can join us for a theatrical experience that's built specifically for them. Okay. So are you looking to add productions in the coming years? Yeah, uh, our whole uh, next step of our programming, right now we're uh, teaching classes and teaching a lot of them, uh, but our whole next step in our programming is to do a professional theater show uh, to secure the funding where everybody is paid from box office to backstage. Um, yeah, that's like, that's the goal. So we're going to do it. Do you have, can you give us a sneak peek into what you're thinking? Do you have any, any like ideas in the back? I'm sure you have ideas floating back there. You maybe don't want to share that, but like you were talking about you, you, the other organization that did rent and uh, you know, maybe you've got some ideas of. I do. There's, there's a lovely play out there and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can get the rights for it, but it's called working and it's based upon the book. Um, Stud, Stud Turkle's uh, interviews during the seventies where he interviewed, uh, where he interviewed workers across the nation and then put the, put the book together. Uh, It's a beautiful story. It's a musical. um, And that's the one that we want to open with. We want to open with a show where people, uh, who identify with a disability are uh, portraying uh, characters that have jobs in a variety, you know, construction and, and receptionists and office work and presidents of banks and those kinds of things. So, um, so that's the play. That's the musical that we're looking at right now. That, that's the one that's in your mind. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck in that regard. Yeah, we'll <laughs> look for that. Um, what, what do you find is the biggest success that you've seen in your years of teaching the disability population? Yeah, so, you know, Ashley was talking about social and emotional growth, and that's not something that people typically think about theater, that theater teaches you, but it's definitely a, a strong component of, um, of what theater teaches, and then we at Pink Umbrella really focus on those two things. So one story that uh, really sticks out, there was a, a student who was working with us um, for a week. Uh, he had taken classes with us for several years, and... Uh, and he was walking down the hall towards his classroom, and I was walking towards his father at, in this particular moment. And, and the dad said, I love you, son. And the son said, the student said, I love you too, dad. And the dad dropped to his knees and just started bawling. And the student kept right walking down the hall to the class uh, where he was working on his social and emotional skills. And, uh, and we immediately like, rushed to the father and said, is everything okay? And he, uh, through happy tears, said it's the first time he's ever said, I love you back. Mm-hmm. And I think that theater provides that safe space for students um, to explore those things when their brains are not necessarily connecting in the same way that a typically developing student does. Um, but it, it, I think just being in that hallway and knowing that he was heading down to a classroom where he was working on expressing emotion and recognizing emotion and speaking emotion, um, you know, I think he just, he, he felt safe enough to say that. Uh, and it was just a really powerful moment where we, 
we as the teaching staff really realized how this translates into daily life. Um, so that for me is, is probably the moment that sticks out most of all is, is knowing that we weren't the only people who had a part of that, but we had some part of that um, recognition between that, those two family members and what a powerful impact that had. Absolutely. Very fulfilling, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, when we come back, Katie's going to talk about the teaching approach Pink Umbrella uses and why it's effective. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Katie Cummings from Pink Umbrella, and we are doing a Zoom call uh, because we are being socially responsible and uh, working remotely. So we're doing things a little bit differently with this uh, interview, but we're bringing you the same great information that we always do. So... You're going to describe for us then, Katie, how you teach students on this very, so with this very specific population. So, but before we do that, talk about what theater in particular teaches individuals. Sure. So, um, as I mentioned in the first segment, right, like theater teaches us, obviously, you know, we, we work our, our body, our voice, and our imagination uh, as actors. Like we need those things in order to become more empathetic actors, to become, um, to create characters that are, that are three-dimensional. Uh, but it also teaches us social skills. It teaches us emotional recognition, uh, intelligence, um, and expression, you know. Uh, and then the other things that theater teaches us too, which I've been preaching for years, are teamwork, how to be on time, work as an ensemble, you know, um, job readiness skills really are, are some skills that we're learning in theater uh, while, we're, while we're all working together as an ensemble, whether it be on a, on a play or a musical or in a classroom. Okay. So then how does Pink Umbrella's approach to teaching and conducting theater, how does that come into play? Sure. So uh, we... We don't teach theater really any differently, um, but we, we do make some accommodations. Uh, and our teachers uh, in our professional development sessions, what we're asking them to do is, um, you know, work uh, in themes. So sometimes we're working directly with a story or other times we're working directly with, um, with a, a specific theme, like, uh, you know, building a, building a character or, uh, or the physicality of a character. Uh, we're, we want our students to find connection with each other and connection with the script or the words that they're, that they're working with. Um, we want to make sure that our targets are clearly defined. We also uh, want to make sure that we're giving everybody the time that they need and space that they need to process. Uh, and then in every single classroom, uh, we are trying to hit all eight of the senses, right? So sight, sound, taste, and smell, um, which is what most of us are familiar with. But proprioception and uh, vestibular processing and in introception are other things that we are working on in our classrooms. Proprioception is our relationship to time and space. Um, so in theater, we use uh, what we call hard focus and soft focus in order to do that. Uh, our vestibular processing, we want to make sure that we are aware of where we are in relationship to gravity, right? So some of our movement and some of our exercises really focus on that with helping our individuals uh, with physical limitations. Um, 
you know, figure out where they are. Uh, and then uh, the introception is, you know, just mindfulness and grieving and, you know, making sure that we are, are taking in the moment uh, that we are in right now. Uh, so, you know, so what sets Pink Umbrella apart is that we really are focusing on, on kind of all of those eight senses in addition to teaching that team building and, and community and connection and communication. Okay, so if there's an individual that's participating uh, in your classes, they're going to get those things that someone who is typically developing would get in terms of um, teaching or learning about theater, but then also getting those extra pieces that are specific to the population that you work with. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the exact way to describe it. Okay. Okay. So you can't possibly provide all different types of learning opportunities yourself. I mean, that's obviously why we have as many nonprofits as we have in the state, 54,000 plus. So uh, give us some idea of some of the partnerships that you have and how you use those partnerships. Sure. So, uh, you know, so Ashley and Balance Inc., like we went out and we worked with her students uh, on those Tuesday and Thursday nights for her social skills classes uh, and, and really just brought in a lot of the same social skills, but just in a different way. Um, you know, so, uh, so we're exploring a lot of opportunities and partnerships like that with, uh, with organizations that work specifically with individuals who identify with a disability, you know, maybe, so I have a lot of conversations with, um, people who are in Ashley's position, uh, across organizations to determine how we can, how we can bring this big, huge landscape of theater and really reinforce, uh, some of the skills that they're, you know, that they're trying to teach on a, on a regular basis. Um, We've been, uh, we've, we've done some workshops with Friendship Circle, uh, Life Navigators, and Best Buddies. And, uh, and because we are a, a smaller nonprofit, uh, we do not have a space right now that is our own. So places like Gigi's Playhouse, DanceWorks, uh, Plymouth UCC, and Luther Manor, and the JCC uh, in Milwaukee have opened up their doors for us to have classes. Uh, Very nice. Hosting our classes. So we're kind of all over uh, the city of Milwaukee on a regular basis, teaching our classes in four or five different homes every, every session. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, so how can the community then support you? So, I mean, you've got these partnerships with, uh, these organizations and that's wonderful, but it, Ashley was talking about how critical volunteers are to her organization. Uh, I don't know that you necessarily would use volunteers, do you? But I mean, if someone is listening out there and they say they want to get involved somehow with Pink Umbrella, uh, what are some areas that they can help? Yeah, sure. So uh, we, we're actually um, embarking on building out our board. You know, so if there's people out there who are looking to become board members, committee members, we are also um, always looking to make sure that our, our lesson plans meet, you know, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, special ed, right? So if anybody's got an expertise in those areas that could help lend their expertise in their field and looking at our lesson plans to say, oh, if you do this over here, if you switch this up over there, you're actually, you know, hitting these, these other 
other things that some of your students might benefit from. Um, we believe in collaboration, right? So if people are interested in coming into our classrooms to, uh, to share their expertise uh, in any way, shape, or form, we're absolutely open to that. And then too, eventually we want our own home, right? Like we would like to have our own space uh, somewhere in the city of Milwaukee. And, you know, so maybe somebody's got a, a classroom that they, they're, they're not using and could donate it um, for us to, to host our classes and, and perhaps even our shows there. Okay. And of course, financial support is always uh, a nice, uh, a nice gift, right? We're Um, never going to say no. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, what do you want people to take away from this interview, Katie? You know, I think the most important thing is that uh, theater, you know, as actors, whether we're typically developing or we identify with a disability, We are taking the words on the paper and creating three-dimensional characters from them. And that is something that anybody and everybody can do, right? So our teachers and our directors uh, are building to the strengths of the individuals in our classrooms to create theater. And that, to me, I think uh, is probably one of the best things on earth. Um, One of the greatest gifts that I've been given is the... um, is the, is the wherewithal or the push, you know, back in April of 18 to, to start this company. Theater is inclusive and theater is accessible. And we need to um, just continue to create great art. Okay. Well, if people are interested in getting involved some way or participating, becoming a, a student, what's the best way for people to reach you or to reach Pink Umbrella? Sure. So everything uh, that we're currently doing is on our website at www.pinkumbrellatheater.org. We also have a Facebook page. uh, And if you want to give me a call to discuss any uh, ideas you might have or any inspiration you have from this interview, uh, our number is 414-507-3511. Okay, super. Say one more time your phone number. 414-507-3511. Okay. Well, thank you for being with us today, Katie, uh, from the Pink Umbrella Theater and sharing your passion thank uh, you. about what you do and, and how you make a difference for people in the community. Um, thank you for being here today. Thank you. And I'd also like to thank Ashley Kammer from Balance Inc. And, uh, and thank her for her passion and for sharing uh, the message uh, that they, for the services that they provide as well. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about some great people and great nonprofits that are doing great things in our community. You can tune in either on the AM 1130 dial on your radio or you can go to News Talk 1130 on your computer or your tablet. You can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app, or you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And we are excited to share that we are also available on demand. So these interviews can be listened to across the country and even globally through Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. I hope you found the information we shared today helpful. Hopefully it'll get you thinking about how you can use your passion and your purpose to help others in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday and stay safe and stay well.